0: Hi guys, I get to read today's word for you that Andrew's gonna preach on. It is out of Matthew, Matthew 7. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on the bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Let's pray. God, so often we just listen to your word, but we're not really doers of your word. We come to church and we hear things and we think it sounds great, but we don't always take it and then live it out that week, that month, with the people at home and even with the people at work. Um, Yeah, so I pray that as Andrew comes up and he preaches today and he speaks God's word to us, that we don't just listen That we aren't just hearers of your word, but that we are doers of your word. Because it says here in your word, God, that if we hear and we actually put it into action, that when hard times come, that we're able to stand with you. But that if we don't and we're just hearers of your word, that when hard times come, we're not able to stand. So I pray today that as we listen, our hearts are open and we take it in, but then we take it out and we do it this week. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Tony. Tony is
1: uh, one of our ministering elders. He served on the elder board in the past and he helps in prayer ministry and discipleship as a teacher in the Knoxville School District and uh, is a friend of mine. And so, grateful that he would share the word and pray for us this morning. We are in the last Sunday on a series uh, called What's in Store. And this is actually part two of a series. On the Sermon on the Mount, and really, technically, it's part three if we're talking about how we've taught on the Sermon on the Mount, because last summer we went through the Beatitudes, which is the very first part of Jesus' teaching and this big teaching that's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And then this year, starting in Easter in April, we Right after that, we started talking about when Jesus says, you've heard it said this way, but I tell you this way. And we just reflected on what feels natural to us. What are things that, this is just kind of how we make decisions, this is how we think about things, but it's actually different than how Jesus says life should work in various areas. So that was part one. And then what's in store is that woven through Jesus' teaching is sort of a, here's what you can expect. If you live this way, here's what you can expect. If you decide this, if you don't decide this, here's what you can expect. Here's the consequences. Here's what would be in store based on how you live in these various areas of life. And now what Tony just read is is his culmination, his ending. And he's saying, when you take all of the things that I've been teaching about, when you take them all together... Here's what's in store, here's what you can expect based on how you respond to these teachings of mine about life. So I'm going to read it. Now, Tony read it in the New Living Translation version, which is a version we use a lot around here, especially our youth use it. It's a little bit easier to understand. I'm more used to the NIV, so I'm going to read it in that, just a few of the verses. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man In Jesus' teaching, he says, everyone who's listening to me now, or everyone who's hearing these words later, everyone, you can expect that what's in store for you, something that's in store for you that's the same. Everyone. And that is, metaphorically speaking, in your life, rain will come. Floods will come. Wind will blow and beat against your life. You will have storms. In this world, we will have trouble, Jesus says, but take heart, I've overcome the world, but in this world, you will have storms. So Jesus says, that's true of everyone. What else is true of everyone is everyone is building a life. Everyone is building a life. And I don't know who's influencing how you're building your life. I don't know why you're making what decisions, why I make what decisions. It's what it's based on, but we're all building a life. And that's where Jesus says it starts to not be the same for everyone. Everyone who hears his words, pays attention to his words, and actually puts them into practice, they're building the kind of life that can handle storms. That soul can handle what beats against you over the long haul. What puts you, makes you the kind of person who can handle not just life, this life, but the life to come. Everyone who hears, pays attention to his words and puts them into practice, that's what's happening. Everyone who maybe hears, maybe doesn't even hear, but if they do hear, they don't put it into practice, you are building the kind of life that isn't gonna make it for the long haul. That's what Jesus says. It's dumb. It's not the best way to live. So really, it's pretty clear it's not complex teaching. The question is, what will you and I decide to do with it? Will we decide to actually try to take Jesus' words in and put them into practice, or will we not? Will you decide to do it? That's the question. That's the question. What do you think your answer is right now? What do you think your answer has been up to this point? Have you been the kind of person who has listened, who has paid attention, who has thought about what Jesus says and how life works? Have you been that kind of person? Even just has taken it in and then has actually tried to do it? Or not? By the way, this isn't just like, sort of a side note from the Bible that happens to correspond with this teaching and then Jesus moves on and doesn't say stuff like this anymore. This is, this is the, this teaching comes from the very beginning. I mean, basically the question is, do you trust God enough? Do I trust God enough to do what he tells us to do? So at the very beginning he says, I'm gonna give you a couple commands. Here's one of the commands. You're in this garden. You see all these trees. They look good. They are good. You see them all. I'm commanding you, eat freely. Live it up. Enjoy with all of that. See this really great tree, this tree of life? You can eat from that. It's good for you. See this one tree, this one tree, the knowledge of good and evil? Don't eat from that. Now, do Adam and Eve have enough trust in God obey what he says. And it just keeps going from there. Do we trust? And so in the when you're given the big ten commandments one of the first commandments oh no, that's a, I'm going to talk about that later. I'll back up. All throughout, will we hear what God says and put it into practice? Will we hear Jesus' words and actually do them? That's the question. And if you're like me, by the time you get to this point, it can kind of feel like a little bit of a beat down. I mean, it seems like Jesus, we have heard like a lot of things and you can start to see like, well, I don't really do that and I don't do that and I don't do that. And so one of the cop-out, I think could be a cop-out, is just like, well, nobody can do it all. But just to be clear, Jesus' reason for sharing these things with us wasn't to say, hey, I want, it, I want you to know you could never do it. I'm telling you these things because I want to demonstrate you could never make it. You'll never be able to do this. And just so you know, I am putting this super high bar up there so that everybody knows they aren't good enough to make it. I don't think, now that actually is true. But I don't think that's why he said it. I think the reason he said it is, This is a good way to live. I made human life. I am a human being now, living it out like it's supposed to. I can tell you from experience, this is the best way to live. If you wanna talk about all the different things that are happening, the different ways that that humans can get off the track or can get on the track, I wanna tell you, this is the best way. So I'm encouraging you, do it this way. It's good for you, it's good for the people around you. I want you to do it. So if we can go to my slides. I think that's a big part that we have to keep track of, is that, ooh, I don't think all my slides got loaded, so let me just say it. (laughs) Maybe they're in the wrong order. Do I have anything about like trying up there, Adam? I should have maybe looked at this before. Yes, yes, you can become the kind of person that has a flow of God in your life, that is the kind of person like God envisions human beings to be, you can, but you cannot do it without actually trying to do it, without actually trying to do what Jesus says to do. You have to actually try. And really, a lot of us can kind of agree in our heads, we can kind of agree, but we don't actually try like, well, I'm gonna change some things, I'm gonna set aside some things so I actually do what he says. Now, people who actually try to do what he says what happens is one of two things. We can become like, yeah, look at me, I'm pretty good, self-righteous, and then you turn into nothing like he envisions. Or we can despair like, I'm no good, I'm, really, I'm worse than I thought I was. So when you actually try, what you learn is you can't, you can't do it just by trying. It's not enough willpower, not read the Bible enough, not pray enough, and then I'm, both are true. What we need to do is we need to try. I turned off my mic, though, so no more. It wasn't as awkward as it could have been. We have to actually try to do what he said, but we also have to rely on him to help us because we can't do it without him. And he says he will help us. Those of us who decide we are going to follow Jesus... He says, I will send my Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, to help you so that the flow of God can move in your life. This is possible. My, I've told this story before, but my wife and her grandma used to get into it a little bit. And how they would get into it is over who would pay what. So grandma, would, get, you know if we got groceries and we'd bring them in, grandma would always overpay. And then Camille was always trying to not take the money. And when we went out to eat, they're fighting over what, who's getting, it's always like who's paying. So one time, a couple weeks before, I can't remember, it was Mother, I think Mother's Day, I think it was Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day or Father's Day. We're gonna do a Mother's Day brunch afterwards. And it's a couple days before, I'm picking up one of our kids from her house and she takes a whole lot of cash and she gives it to me. And she says, This is for the Mother's Day brunch. I don't want you to tell Camille that I'm giving it to you. <laughs> and I am like, Ah, you know, I, I, I said, Well, I, I, I gave a couple of half starts, and then I just looked at her and I said, I'm not going to win this argument, am I? No, you're not. All right. So I took it. We do Mother's Day brunch. It's a great Mother's Day brunch. We have a good time. We drop Grandma off. We are pulling out of the driveway, and Camille says, I am so proud of Grandma. She didn't even try to pay for lunch one time. <laughs> now, that is a picture of a flow of God looking for, flowing through you to become the kind of person who's trying to outdo the other person, who's even sneaky and schemy about how I can be, bring good to another person. That's the kind of people Jesus is envisioning that we can become if we will do what he says. Then we can become that kind of people. It's easy, though, to read his words and to not have this like, wow, I want to be like that. And instead to be like, oh, I'm not like that. I'm not like, I don't think I could be like that. And so instead of having this like, yes, there is a, uh, so I, I'm tr- I want to reframe it. So there is a school in the outback of Australia, it's a Catholic school, been around since the late 1800s, I think it's Walgett, it's St. Joseph's School, but in Walgett, i it. looks. I, sorry, Skip, I shouldn't even try, I shouldn't even try to do an accent, anyway, never mind, you know, start one way, I end Irish pretty soon, anyway. Um, but their motto is, I see, I no, I hear, I see, I act. On their crest, on the school uniform, still to this day, hear, see, Act. They are trying to train young people and for all young people to know we are we are taking it in and this is how we're gonna live life. We hear, we see, we act. A few years ago, they decided, let's, in some of our ways we, we explain ourselves, let's use the Latin terms for this. Let's use the Latin terms. So audio, I hear, video, I see. Disco, I act, I do. Audio, video, disco, that is so much cooler. I mean, if I have to wear a school uniform, I would rather say audio, video, disco than the other, right? Audio, video, disco, and I think if we can frame it like this, audio, we are trying to tune into Jesus so that we can disco with him. Some of you are really going to have trouble with this sermon, where, where we go from here. It will be so much better. Now, I leave out the video. I'm going to go on a slight bunny trail for a second, just to say that in the Bible, there is much more emphasis on hearing than on seeing. In fact, There's a little bit in a way in which we have to be careful. We tend to live by what we see, what's right in the... Now, there is an emphasis on seeing, but usually it's on seeing what is unseen. Usually it's on looking beyond what is right before us. Right, so when God gives those commands in the Garden of Eden, he says, you know, eat freely, they hear it. Don't eat of this tree, they hear it. Then Eve sees the fruit sees that it's desirable to eat, sees that it's good for gaining wisdom, and she takes it because she is going off of the eyes, not going off of what God's command is. This is the part where I was starting to talk earlier when, we, when the commandments are given, you get to the third commandment and it's don't make any, any images that you worship. You're gonna be tempted to worship what you see. You're gonna be tempted to worship video. You're going to be tempted to be driven in your life to be decided, and, and what you put into practice be what you see in the video, what's always before your eyes. Meanwhile, what the people of God had to recite every day in the Old Testament, the people of Israel, they would say, the, the, I don't know how to pronounce it, Shema, S H E M A. They would say, Hear, O Israel, hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. It starts with hear, O Israel, hear. That word hear in the Hebrew means sometimes it's translated into English, hear. Sometimes it's translated into English, obey. It means hear and obey. It means listen and put in practice. It's like with my kids. If I say to them with a frustrated voice, You aren't listening, or you didn't listen. Usually, if I'm saying it like that, it's not because they didn't actually hear what I said. It's because they did hear what I said, but they didn't do what I said. So in the Bible, there is this emphasis on hearing and putting into practice. Hearing and doing audio and disco. So getting back to that, When I think about disco, can we talk about disco a little bit? I feel like we don't talk about disco enough in the church. So when I think about disco, the thing I think is, like, if you're a really good dancer and you're not a really good dancer, disco still looks about the same to me. You know, there are a lot of dances where if you're a really good dancer, you could tell they're a really good dancer, and if I wouldn't even try to do it. Or there's some dances I would try to do, but I would look terrible at it. But disco, I mean, come on. People are like, what, what's this? You just do it. You just do it the best. Now, when we are following Jesus, okay, I'm not going to get it all perfect. I'm not going to do it as good as those other people. I'm not going to. We need to lighten up. Jesus invites us in to become a different kind of person than we are right now. We just gotta disco. We just gotta do it. Now, if you are tuned in to country western or heavy metal or classical music, then it's not as natural to disco. But if it's more something like, uh, let's pump that up a little bit. huh? See, now I almost can't not do it. Yeah, uh huh. I mean, see, you just gotta move a little bit, right? And you don't have to use your legs, people. In disco, you can just, right? Everybody can disco, even if people that can't walk can disco. In fact, if I got a bad shoulder, so I can't do that, I could just smile. Disco, disco is so, like, everyone can do it. That's probably enough. By the way, that was a Christian song. I would never bring godless disco to our church. But the point that I'm making is when we're thinking about following Jesus, if we have to get it perfect, if we have to do it just like that person does it, and we just start to shut down and we don't even do it. But if it's just like, take it in, then we can do it, and we all do it. Then let's disco. The audio matters. What we hear matters. If we don't hear from Jesus, then our rhythm will not be in, in step with Jesus. So there is a way in which we have to get God's word into our hearts. And for some of us, we maybe we've tried. We've tried to read the Bible. We've tried to, our Bible reading plan or something like that. Just read a little bit. Like we've been going through Matthew 5 through 7. Just pick six verses on not judging people. Just read it and then try to actually do that for a week. Just read it every, you know, read it a few times, and then we're trying to do it audio disco. Hear his words, put into practice. Some of us aren't readers at all. We've tried to read our Bible. I've said this before, but the Lectio 365 app. An app you can get on your phone. Lectio 365. Every day, I've taken break for months at a time at this, but the last months I've been into it again. I've a lot of times before I even get out of bed. What it is, it's nine to 12 minutes. It has someone guiding you in prayer. Pause, pay attention, God's here now. Rejoice, a short psalm, reflect on a passage, then ask, you pray for something yourself, you pray for other people, then you uh, hear it again, so that you can say yes to what God's word is saying to you. You can disco, you can put it into practice. So somehow we got to get the words of Jesus into us. Because if we don't, there are other influences that are much more natural. We don't just drift into following Jesus. We don't just drift into doing what he says to do or putting his words into practice. We have to decide we, we want to do that. Now help us, Jesus, because we actually want to try to do what you say to do. And, I mean, the cool thing, again, this open to anybody. Right before Jesus gave this sermon, he is going around to people. He's not going around to the people who have perfect attendance in church. He's not going around to the people who are on stage in church. He's going around to people who feel like I'm probably not... I probably don't have what it cuts. I'm not sure if God even thinks about me. He's going around to those people, and he's saying, good news, good news. The kingdom of God, the flow of God is available right here. It's good news. He's talking to people who are broken, who are lonely, who are sick, who don't have it all together. And so what does he do? He heals them. The flow of God comes through him to people. They're experiencing the flow of God as they experience the flow of God coming through a human being. I mean, he's God, but he is a human being. And the flow of God is coming through him, and healing's coming through him, and hope is coming through him. And when they do that, they're like, I'm getting somebody else. And now crowds of people are coming because they're experiencing the flow of God, which he just said is available to people. And at that point, with crowds all around him, he goes to a mountainside, he sits down, his disciples come near him, and he begins to teach them. And again, what he's teaching them is that it's not for the people that everyone thinks have everything going for them. It's available for everybody. So he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are mourned. I was with someone today who's mourning. But that person is blessed because the flow of God through Jesus can come from those who mourn, they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for God, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, not the winners all the time, not the ones who always end up on top, the merciful. For they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they're going to be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for doing the right thing, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you because of Jesus, because of God. That's been happening for a long time now for the people that follow God. But great is your reward in heaven when it happens to you. You are the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth, you bring flavor, you preserve things, you make it so that life can work. But if the salt loses its saltiness, it's not good for anything except be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden, neither does someone take a lamp and put a bowl over it. Instead they take a lamp, they light it, they put it on its stand so it gives light to the whole house in the same way you, 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 Let your light shine before people that they can see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus isn't into the religion and the rules, but he says, I didn't come to take God's word and God's law and just throw it away. I came to fulfill it, to do what God says is best. And whoever doesn't do that they're the least in the kingdom of heaven because they don't have God's flow coming through them because they don't trust him enough to do what he says. But whoever does do what he says, whoever trusts him enough to do what he says, they're great in the kingdom of heaven. The flow of God comes through them. What we're talking about is a way of living that goes beyond being a religious person, and it's about having a heart. Having a heart that becomes like God. How? By listening to what he says and doing it and asking him for help and relying on on him all the way. So what if we became the kind of people that he describes in different situations throughout his Sermon on the Mount? What if we became the kind of people who were not angry? Not easily, I mean we all get angry, but we didn't fixate on anger. We don't dehumanize people. We don't allow bitterness to hang out for a long time. We just don't. We ask him to help us and we decide not to and we don't. And we don't look at other people with the, for the purpose of lusting after them. When lustful thoughts come into our head, we try to shut it down. When there's things that create lust on it, we just don't watch that kind of stuff. And it's not just about lust. Our other desires, our other appetites, we aren't driven by them. They don't own us. Because first and foremost, we listen to Jesus and we do what he says. And then we keep our commitments. Whether it has to do with marriage or our jobs or the people that are closest to us in our families, instead of always wondering if we should be getting out, we wonder about how we can bring good into where we're already in. What if we didn't verbally manipulate people? We just said what we think in an honest way and we didn't impose it on other people or try to control and manipulate other people. What if we were like that? What if we didn't retaliate? Through gossip, through, all the, through posting, through all the, we didn't retaliate. Someone does something bad to us, okay? We just don't bring it right back at them because we trust there's somebody who'll make everything right one day. So we'd rather be the kind of people that maybe get ripped off a little once in a while than the kind of people that we find out in the end, God saw we were ripping off other people. We're just okay. Even people who just intend bad for us, we're able to bless them. What if we were like that? What Would you like to be around a person like that? Do you stay angry and hateful for a person who constantly brings good your way? I mean, most people are nice to the people that are nice to them. But God's good toward everyone. He says we can resemble him when we're good toward everyone. We don't always have to be seen. We don't need everybody to notice us, our kids, our marriage, what we did, what we accomplished. We don't, no. And certainly with spiritual things, we aren't trying to show everybody what we can. No. We don't need a bunch of human approval. We just get to cooperate with God. And when we do things that no one else notices, we can trust he notices and he'll help us. So our giving will make a difference, our praying will make our difference, our denying ourselves some things will make a difference because the flow of God is in our life because we're not doing it to get something from each other. We're just doing it for good because we like to do the things that God likes to do. And we aren't super focused on getting a bunch of stuff, on buying the latest thing, on always having the material, on money, we aren't super focused on that. If we get super focused on that, it sucks the life out of us. We will invest our time and our money in what's most important to us. So, that can be, we can get stuff, and that's okay. But we make sure, like, God and people and relationships, and God's, that's part of where we invest our time and our money. He's there with us when we do that. We aren't paralyzed by anxiety like jesus said like he takes care of birds how many birds are you worth so he'll help you he'll provide what you need for your body and your life you don't have to worry we just seek first god his flow of life and we trust he will give us the other things that are needed We don't condemn and judge other people, always looking at what's wrong, always talking to other people about what's wrong with you, you know, look what they got in their eye, look what they got in their eye, meanwhile we can't even see because we got so much in our own eye. No, we aren't like that. We recognize that however we look at other people and whatever um, graciousness level we give to other people, that's what comes back to us. And if something really bothers us about other people, we stop and think, how might that be true about me? before we try to go and do something about it for them we ask we seek and we knock because we have a god who's for us and who responds to that we do for others what we would want done for ourselves and so we're not quick to cut people off to talk people down to we're not quick at that kind of thing because we wouldn't want that for ourselves but we are quick to pray to ask and seek and knock God's goodness into other people because we'd love it if other people are doing for that, especially if God is real and good and responds when we pray, which Jesus says is true. And we can believe is true. What if we became people like that? And Jesus gives us these words, these instructions, because it's actually possible. But if we don't decide to try to listen to what he says and to do what he says, then it doesn't just happen. And we don't get it all right. We are living in this like ocean of grace and forgiveness so we don't have to be afraid about trying and not quite getting it right. We can just do it. Just disco. So as the worship team comes up now, that's the question that we have as we, we end this series. Will we decide, moving forward, listen to Jesus, what Jesus says and try to put it into practice. Will we decide? Will you decide? Let's pray. leaving space for you to think about that question, to maybe even pray in your heart about that question. Will you decide? We're making decisions one way or the other, we're following something, someone, one way or the other. Will we decide to follow Jesus? God, if there is any particular way that you want to speak to us at an individual level about an area of life, a decision to be made, a habit to be formed or broken, where we, there's a, if there's a specific area in our life where you want us to listen to you and to put into practice, would you bring that to mind now? Yeah, we acknowledge that we just can't do it on our own. We need help. So as much as we're deciding to trust you to do what you say, we're also asking for your help to do in us and for us and through us what we can't do on our own, in our own strength. Would you send your Holy Spirit now to help us? Would you send your Holy Spirit in a way that following you becomes contagious? Would you send your Holy Spirit in a way that the flow of God would be in our lives? Would you send your Holy Spirit in a way that others might take notice, might be drawn to you, to the flow of God that's available to them and they aren't even aware of it? Come, Holy Spirit. We want to be like Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, release the joy and peace and love that comes from you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.